0: look at this, we see not just what happened leading up to Jesus' time, we see the picture of God's kingdom. This is the story of God's kingdom, a story of God's patience with his people. And the wonderful thing about this parable is, notice, even though the son was killed, the owner's coming back. He's not done with his vineyard. The following message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. October 8th, 2023, Matthew 21, verses 33 to 43. I'm guessing that some of you heard the story that's been in the news this past week. It's been happening for a while, but it came to light in a lot of the the news channels that there's someone in California who is renting a house, or at least they're supposed to be renting it, but they're living there rent-free. See, the, the tenant is there not paying any rent because she insists she's entitled to stay there without having to pay something because some legal matter that she's squabbling with the landowner. And so the landowner's frustrated because she's been there for 540 days, 17 months, and she hasn't paid any rent, and she's demanding that he comes up with $100,000 so she can pay her relocation costs. The news outlets are calling her the tenant from hell. That might be a little bit of a sensational headline, but it is a bit of an unusual case and I'm sure the legal struggles are not fun. Well, what about a far more important situation? Not what we might owe a landlord or a mortgage or something, but our standing before our God. What do we owe him? Are we giving him what he deserves? How would we rate up This morning we look at Jesus as he explains how those who were serving and who were supposed to be giving fruits in his church were withholding them and were defying the Lord as they sought to take possession of his kingdom for themselves at their own rate and their own takeover. How does God respond when the sinner insists that they don't owe God something but he owes them something? We see Jesus' answers. We once again look at a, a powerful story, a parable that Jesus tells. Jesus, once again speaking to the the enemies who had rejected him, tells them this parable. He says, There was a an owner of a vineyard who decided he was going to build the vineyard, so he planted the vineyard, he put a fence around it, he dug a wine press. He put up a watchtower, everything was all set. You get the picture, right? He, he did everything to prepare that and then he went away and put some farmers in charge of his vineyard. that The picture that Jesus is painting is one that applies directly to Israel and the people of God. Just as we read earlier this morning, Isaiah said the people of Israel are like a vineyard, the vineyard of the Lord. And consider all the things God had done As Jesus describes the owner in this parable, this story, he has prepared everything in order that there might be a fruitful harvest. The planting, the making sure that there's protection around the vineyard. Didn't God do that for Israel? He established them as his people. He called them, set apart Abraham and his descendants, made them his own, planted them securely. Even when they were planted in the land of Egypt, they prospered. And when they ceased to prosper, he he carried out his promise for them and he put a wall of protection around them, literally, as the pillar of fire protected them from the armies of Pharaoh. And then the walls of water came crashing down and their enemies were gone. Just as someone might care for their orchard or vineyard by putting nets to keep the birds on or putting a wall to keep thieves out, God kept Israel secure. He not only did that, but when Israel came into the promised land, he planted them there by tearing down the walls of cities like Jericho so his people would be secure. And he gave success to kings like David and Solomon that their enemies were hemmed away and pushed back can you picture the wall? Sometimes we maybe don't see it that way, but the wall of separation God gave with his laws and his ceremonial regulations, things like circumcision, the temple sacrifice, the office of the priesthood, the centering of the temple, all of these things were walls. The Sabbath observance, they set apart Israel from all the godless nations around them and kept them apart. Sure, the the people of Israel sometimes strayed from that wall and despised it, but still, it It really, for the most part, it worked. They had a separate identity, were walled and separate from the other nations as the people of God. Oh, but remember all the other things the landowner did? God did that for Israel, too. He dug a wine press, the the trough where you could easily process the fruit of the vine to have that crop at harvest time. God did that for Israel. He provided his law so they knew how to serve him. The sacrificial system so they could give offerings of fellowship, forgiveness, pardon, and thanks. All these were set for them. It was so easy. Everything was in place. And then the, the watchtower. Yeah, God sent them people to watch over them. You could say that if Israel was an Airbnb, they would have been in a gated community on prime real estate with security cameras, with a tap and pay system that they really didn't have to pay for because they had such a large, unending inheritance. And yet, despite all this, despite God's provision for them, Israel really became the tenant from hell. They turned aside from the Lord. And what Jesus really is targeting here is the leaders of Israel. The spiritual leaders, the the priests, the Levites, were supposed to produce fruit in that vineyard as they cared for God's people. But what did they do? God sent prophet, servant in the parable, after prophet and they were put to death. And to be the tenant from hell, they asserted their own authority over God's kingdom and did not want to give anything, any glory to God, but to themselves alone. Even prophets like Isaiah himself, who wrote these words, history and tradition records, was sawed in half under the wicked King Manasseh. And so when Jesus comes on the scene, all the prophets before have been rejected, killed, pelted with stones. So Jesus presents this parable saying, The owner of the vineyard sent even more servants to them, but they killed them as well. And finally, Jesus describes himself in his own story. He sent his son. And the owner of the vineyard said, Surely they will respect my son. Who would be so ashamed as to turn from him? Well, we know what happened. They were listening to the son. And the spiritual leaders of Israel, the Sanhedrin, The rulers, the elders, the chief priests rejected him. They threw him out of the city and had him killed and hung on a cross. That would happen just three days after Jesus said this. When we look at this, we see not just what happened leading up to Jesus' time. We see the picture of God's kingdom. This is the story of God's kingdom. A story of God's patience with his people. And it still happened even after Jesus' time. The king, Jesus himself, rose again and he sent workers into his vineyard. He said, go make disciples. He sent his apostles and his peoples to be his witnesses. But what happened over history and over time? Those who were in charge of the vineyard found themselves in their decadence, in their pride, Tossing aside God's word. Unwilling to give glory to God, they gave glory to themselves and they killed the faithful messengers and teachers. Those who wanted to give the people the word of God were burned at the stake. That's the history of God's church. And still he sent reformers. He sent faithful pastors and teachers to this day. You might say, well, is, is this story still today? Yes, it is. Certainly it is. Think about all the things God's given us today. If anybody could ever say that God has provided for his church to be fruitful, can't we say that today? No other preacher or teacher can say what I am able to say today. How much language study we have available, how much translation of scripture is right at our fingertips, how many grammar tools and archeological findings are there for our observance. And how readily available the word is. You might say, well, aren't there places where they're still killing the messengers? Where they're throwing out the faithful prophets? Yes, but what about us here? Has there ever been a time in history where this many people have been able to gather in freedom and worship the Lord in freedom and have the gospel so readily available? The master of the vineyard has made you and me workers in his vineyard and I, as a, a full-time called worker, cannot say I have a, a difficult time producing fruit when he's given me every tool, every position that I need with his gospel and a place where I can proclaim the word in peace. We are walled in. We have a wine press. We're ready to produce fruit. Yet what still happens today? Many churches, unfortunately, Find the leaders do not want to give glory to God. They do not want to affirm Christ and his word. They want to affirm the sinful heart. You know, when we look at this story, we dare not miss what Jesus is pointing us to here. One thing is how the human heart, both your heart and mine, is able to turn aside from the great blessings that God has poured out the wonderful provision of his gospel gifts and to assert authority for ourselves and to refuse to glorify him in our lives, but rather to serve ourselves with our own ideas and to shut out Christ. You might say, as they say in the the other gospel accounts, may this never be, but sometimes maybe our hearts too begin to take for granted all the gifts And come up fruitless when we should be serving our God. But we also don't want to miss out on the other aspect of this. Jesus says in the response to this, what will the owner of the vineyard do? And the the people recognize they'll put those wretches to a wretched end. What God ought to do when he finds fruit is refused him and glory is robbed from his name when he's done everything, he ought to put every wretch to a wretched end. Anyone who has not used his gift, not just the spiritual leaders, but the people as well, what about the gospel seed in your heart? But notice, too, the words for us, the almost you might describe it as reckless patience. As you look at this story of God's kingdom, don't you just wonder, why did he send more? Why did God send even more prophets after the first ones were killed? And maybe, probably the more important question, who would send his son to such an audience? To a world like this, where they refuse to give glory to God and to give him fruits of thanks and praise. But that's what God does. In his great patience, the son was sent. And the son, in his abounding mercy came to this world that had so long rejected the prophets. And he came, yes, to be rejected, knowing that this parable would be fulfilled. Jesus stood there proclaiming the patience, the reckless patience of God that he would send his son. And he did it, not because his vineyard deserved it or the workers deserved it, but out of mercy for you and me and everyone in his church today. That we may never take for granted all the blessings He's done—the planting, bringing you to hear the gospel, pouring out His Spirit in your hearts, and giving you a heart of faith. The winepress, providing ways for you to give Him thanks and praise and serve Him in your life, is a privilege. It's not hard. It's a wonderful gift. The wall of protection he's put around us as he strengthens us with gospel and guides us with his word. The watchtower as he sends pastors and teachers still today. He's done everything for us. And even though he knows his son was rejected, he still has sent him to be our redeemer. And the wonderful thing about this parable is, notice, even though the son was killed, the owner's coming back. He's not done with his vineyard. The son, Jesus, who died for our sins, rose again and he lives. And yes, he is coming again. It might seem reckless when he came the first time, but when he comes again, he will restore his vineyard and he will gather in his harvest. Harvest which is there only because of the grace of God. The story of God's kingdom we see is not one of tenets from hell so much as it is tenants who are rescued from hell. And tenets who now have every opportunity to serve their God and to praise him with their lives and to offer with their lips fruits of praise, with their hands offerings of thanks. And to gather in his vineyard now and forever as we praise the God of reckless patience. Amen.